the NFL podcast. Is afraid of sharks. <laughs> From the Chris Wesley podcast studio, it's around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. In a studio filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal. Mark Sessler. We took a week off. Marky, we recharged the batteries, and now we're back. How you feeling? I don't feel recharged in the classic <laughs> sense, but um, I, I do appreciate uh, what happened over the past week in many ways. Oh, I mean, tell us more. What did happen? A lot of it is not for air, but I mean, uh, it. I found it, I needed to kick off my off season in a way that felt appropriate for me, and I. I, did I feel like it's. Uh, I can feel a different vibe already. Mark is leaning back, which I don't think he's done since. Never. August. He's he, usually he's right sitting up. Well, I'm a little annoyed. At the edge of the chair, wide-eyed. One thing I've noticed: up. we're in the Chris Wesling podcast studio. We've got a large bay window here that overlooks the hallway. And in weeks previous or even earlier months, people would stop and, and watch what we do here because sure. it was an element of fascination. Nobody cares now. They're just walking right by. This is just That's fine. commonplace. Well, you, you want the attention. Mm. Yes, I do. Hey, listen, if you're talking to a microphone for a living, guess what? You like attention. <laughs> That's just the way it works. By the way, I have a guess. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, was on his uh, Pancha Karma 12-day cleanse. Did you do an intense cleanse? No, I did not do that particular one. I just learned about that. But am I on the right track? No, it was not a cleanse in the way that um, health ex- experts would um, suggest. Let's put it that way. Interesting. <laughs> is it a conversation that you would have with Justin Graver about something? I don't like what is. No, I mean, I just like I, it's just simply not fair. Greg, you are wearing a members-only jacket right now. You <laughs> not officially. We're on NFL I mean... Network today. Uh, and there were some jokes. Jason Kleiman, one of our fine producers, pointed out that you look like the guy that killed Tony Soprano in the last episode of The Sopranos. That's maybe he killed him, maybe he didn't. That's it, the it, nicest thing Jason's like, ever said. I'm picturing like "Don't Stop Believing" playing, and Erica's trying to parallel park and keeps failing at it. Uh, but a lot of people are giving you positive feedback as well. It's it's been quite a topic. Yeah, I'm going more like Corey Friendberg um, in Goonies. Corey you know. Feldman. Corey Feldman, yeah, not, not Corey Friendberg. Um, that <laughs> who the f- is Corey Friendberg? That was an attempt to connect the dots there. I appreciate that. Uh, that that was someone from co- my college oh, okay. uh, life that I have a lot of stories in, and I don't want to talk. Let's get about him on him. the show. I um, yeah, you know, Giardi came came at me hard, but you know, it just led to me having a great connection with a lot of my coworkers I haven't spoken to in a long time. That's important. Beautiful. And uh, I was up in Big Bear this weekend. Uh, really good. First, you know, first we went uh, to Disneyland. I took the locks trophy there and, you know, did the whole thing, did all the media rounds. <laughs> then I went up to Big Bear Village and they threw me a parade. Wait, what is that? Wait a second. It, is it? Oh, my God. Oh, it's Connie Fox's music. Oh, it's Connie Fox's music. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a professional hey. right there. She knew where the cameras were. She knew where the marks. I love it. Well, see, also, I... Oh, my God! I worked out yesterday, and I'm having trouble walking today. Oh. So that that was that was a stretch. I Pushing it right there, yeah. Turn that up on my earphones, Ricky. I love the song. It got pretty contentious, I remember, when we were choosing that song. I remember Wes did not want that song. There, there was a battle. There was a couple. There was a couple options. Well, there's different and sides he, to Colleen, right. and a couple right. of the other songs I thought showed maybe yeah. the more delightfully awkward version. Like that, when you get into those corners, <laughs> one of the songs that I think Wes. And I live in yeah. that corner. Sure, Mark. Didn't Wes like a more like Calypso version? 
There, there was another was great like version. <laughs> and ultimately, he had to come around to the idea that, oh, I don't like it. It's Colleen's song, and that, that vote should count a little extra. Uh, Greg, for the yeah. record, I think your jacket is very fashionable. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I haven't made a statement on it one way or the other. I'm just reporting as a journo. It's a thing. It's a thing out right. there. Sure. It's, it's part of the discourse, both on the network and behind the scenes. I felt defensive. I don't think so. Did that seem <laughs> defensive to I you? Do, I don't think so, Dan. I think you're being, uh, as you mentioned before, like you're a showman and you have yeah. to have that kind of sense. I'm wearing a yeah. uh, polo shirt from Target and a uh, free NFL swag <laughs> with a stain on it. Um, from an event we did uh, the Friday before the Super Bowl, I think you're also you know, fashionable. Yeah. You're you're a host. You're you're like Aaron Rodgers. You just like to put things out there and see the people <laughs> react. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's in the news as he always is. A lot in the news. This is our first show, Connie, since Super Bowl Fifty Six. This mm-hmm. is your phone. Please oh, thank you. Oh, thank your you. Pen. I never use a yep. blue pen. Here we go. And um, never so, use a blue pen. Never. Okay. Never. God, you and John. But John sure. doesn't do a blue pen either. That's so weird to me. John. Roland. Who? John Roland. Gonzalez. See, Ricky, they threw her a surprise. Uh, 30th. John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. Do you have no blue pens in your house? No, I throw them out. I is this like a clown? You're, you're like writing utensil clown scenario? Like you're not in. Yeah, I don't like clowns either, but <laughs> through a uh, jet. Um, Erica's girlfriend threw a surprise like weekend wine trip thing and she got back over 24 hours ago and she came into the studio and sounded like she was on something like we're worried about her why are you whispering I can still hear you I have the headphones on (laughs) how are you how was your weekend I'm great I'm wonderful I had the best weekend of my entire life wow yeah really did really did I feel amazing the pros step up that was not the version Erica we heard Right no, the mic's turned. Or even that last night we we taped an episode of the Jessel Nick and Rosenthal Vanity Project. I was like, this is the second straight podcast I've done where she's hungover, which is a record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not hungover anymore. I'm just like <laughs> ill. You right. know what I mean? Just you'll be okay. Yeah. Anyway, so this is our first show since the Super Bowl. It's also uh, today is kind of officially unofficially uh, the start of the off season, and I'll get to that in in just a minute. Uh, but since Connie. You know, you are a um, you're a journalist in a way, mm-hmm. right? Would you call, do you classify you yourself know, that way? I always have a hard time whenever I'm like at a new doctor or something like that. It's right. like, what's your occupation? And I'm always like, um, I guess a broadcaster, a, broadcaster. a host. That's I don't really know. Broadcaster, I think, does it for like a for another audience. They understand that. And sports yeah. broadcaster Hosted. is good. It even sounds like, weird because it could be a restaurant. Even right. before you made it big, you were doing broadcasting from golf courses, that's sports. Oh, yeah, the Poconos. You're a sports, yeah, you're a sports so broadcaster. So famous there, yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, now that the offseason is kicking off in earnest and we haven't done a show in uh, nine days, which is close to a record for us, uh, we figured this would be a good time to do a notebook dump. Now, that's, that's industry uh, jargon. Uh, journos that cover teams beats right yeah i'm not mansplaining i'm more talking no. to the audience and addressing you directly it's just good you're mansplaining right. to the audience but that's, that's uh, fine. when they have all this information and sometimes it's time up oh, time for this column to be just uh, here's my notebook dump this is everything i got right under the guise that like we're still walking around with notebooks if we're reporters which is true of like two percent of reporters well, at this point. okay maybe we've been out of the game one. a little bit 
I'm not referring to I'm not referring to my tactics. Just in general, there aren't a lot of scribes uh, roaming around with notebooks at this point. Mark, there maybe are. we should talk about your process after the podcast. All right, well that's fair. I mean, there's a reason that the Simon's slim and narrow. We'll be in, yeah. we'll be in in Indianapolis next week uh, for the combine, where you get a real close up look at the journos in action. It's like being at the zoo. We'll see how many have the notepad notepads at with the pen. I'm I going, still think it's prevalent. I'm going. Oh, well, I think that now I would do over under 15 percent of that 15 percent, 58 percent for show. Interesting. Mine's for like, show. I don't even have paper to write on. Bingo. It's just like a pacifier. So, Greg, uh, this will be the notebook <laughs> dump episode of the Around the NFL podcast. And building we'll, bridges. We'll go around and around. Um, I would say this is there's so much to to unpack here. Um, there's so much to break down that. Ricky, why don't you put 60 minutes on the clock? Oh, and maybe wow. we won't need it. Cool. Maybe we'll need some of it. Greg's got to—he's got to meet his plumber, which I found and again. Greg, it's happening almost every week now. Fairly masculine, guys, guy stuff. Hey, Wait. gotta go check in with the plumber over here <laughs> to deal with what's it, going it would on be with guy, the pipes. It would be guys, guy stuff if I was doing the fixing. I'm just right. meeting the person. I like that, it though. That my you know you landlord. Know is Are you gonna hired wear a tool to belt? Like yes. uh, I'm, I'm picturing you or like this. Wear what you're wearing right now, Greg. This <laughs> no, I'm gonna do the like the shameful <laughs> thing of like. Hmm, should I hover near them? Should I sit on the couch one room <laughs> away? Can I catch some water, right, sir? The water offer comes Here's, right off the bat. Yeah, it's, it, if anything, it's it's very unmasculine. <laughs> Here's what I picture. you got to change. And again, I've not made a statement on this outfit. It's fine to me. Um, you, <laughs> white T-shirt uh, with the V-neck. Okay, vicious V. Then you turn up the sleeves, put a pack of cigarettes in the sleeve. Blue jeans. Is like, he from Greece? Bingo. Like like 1958 James Dean jeans. Maybe cuff him at the bottom. Archetypal male. Well, maybe there. just go yeah. McAfee style with with a um, tank with a tank top, and that way I'm showing off both my tats. You but know? Greg, also like on top of the, the ensemble that I think you nailed, uh, Dan. You need to just go out, be like you're busy out in the backyard, and, like smash two bricks together out of out of uh, sight line. That's, that's a good know, point. Another man out there. Right. Do, he's do too busy. Gardening. You know? And then you have to when you see the Not plumber, gardening. come to him with confidence, come in hard with a handshake, and say, Hey. Let's talk pipes, <laughs> and that will that will break down the wall between you. I've been impressed by uh, you since you've uh, been a homeowner. You've done you've done some masculine hey. pool. work. It helps a lot. Not, yeah, it helps. Roof a lot. work. I also grew up in a coal town, so you know, working hard, still for researching, honest, yeah. honest days living. Uh, that wasn't easy. Here we go. You know, my mom doesn't like the coal bed. Yeah, no, because it's, not, it's such it's a nice not, town. Not, I, I know that area. Yeah, that's really? the it's problem. It's so beautiful. Yeah, like it. She's thinking, why is my child now as an adult reframing his childhood it's in like a completely classic, different way? What, what does Deb say? Town. It's classic suburbia. It's we grew beautiful. up in a nice town. I don't like it. <laughs> I did grow up in a nice town, but you had to roll up your sleeves in that town. <laughs> oh, it got hot sometimes. Yeah. You, you want know, a dog? Right. How about that little yellow bird down the canary, down in the coal? There's your, there's your pet. Hopefully it stays alive and you stay alive. Well, that's what's annoying your mom, I think, that those the subtext. In the we air. now have right. 28 minutes left of this hour timer. All right, let's get going because okay. Greg really does need to talk to the plumber. It's on Emika's radar. She wants him there. Well, she's just not going to be there. Someone's got to be there. That's that's the thing. Yeah, you don't want a stranger <laughs> roaming the house going through the pipes. <laughs> Put 60 minutes on the clock. We're going to go around the NFL in earnest. Let's go, Ricky. All right. Let me get things going, and I want to I want to frame it because uh, I want to make sure we hit all th- all sorts of things. You can hit anything you want, by the way, including uh, 
anything from the Super Bowl. We haven't talked since that game, if you care to revisit that game in any capacity. But I will start, like I said, this is the first real day of the offseason because the NFL, not in a post-COVID world, but a a world where in the NFL things are kind of coming back uh, to normal. So the franchise uh, free agency begins with legal negotiating period on March 14th, but teams have a two-week window beginning today, Tuesday ending March 8th, to designate the franchise or a transition tag on a player from their roster. And a couple of things uh, interesting here as I dump the notebook. The salary cap was at $182.5 million in 2021 because of everything with uh, COVID and there being no fans at the games in 2020. There was just a, a freeze on everything. Now it's expected to jump to $208 million in 20, 2022. This is coming from our good uh, great reporter, true journal, Judy Batista, um, $208 million in 2022, an improvement of nearly $26 million per team. There will be spending. I want to set it up this way, Greggy, because you next week will roll out your free agency 101. That's right. People are counting on it. People are looking forward to it. And last year, there weren't a lot of players uh, that got tagged. Just nine players received the franchise tag last year. Um who is most likely mm. to not get tagged oh. or tagged, take it wherever you want. But I'm trying to think when you do your free agency one-on-one, who actually makes it to free agency? That's a big name. Like I'll throw out a couple, like Devontae Adams. Uh, he'll be tagged. Uh, you know, I'm going to go down Jesse's, uh, I'm going to go down uh, Judy's list here and you tell me. Jesse Bates, uh, Bengals free safety. Was tagged, but yeah, will be tagged if he has to be. Harold Landry, J.C. Jackson. Tagged. Mike Williams. Tagged. Orlando Brown. Tagged. Carlton Davis. No. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. Chris Godwin's there, too, so you got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, tight end Cowboys. No. Marcus Williams, safety Saints. Mike Jacecki, tight end Dolphins. Those are some bigger names that can be tagged. Anything jump out to you with those names or any others? Yeah, the, the majority of them will be. Actually, now that I think of it, Schultz kind of makes sense because the tight end number wouldn't be that high. Marcus Williams, for instance, not a big name but was tagged a year ago. That's why that first list that I end up putting out, everyone gets all excited. I've seen a lot of Mike Williams articles, by the way. And it's like, why would the Chargers not just tag him? They've got a ton Especially of cap. Especially with a higher cap number this year. Yeah, and they, they, they specifically have a ton of cap space. And then you can work out the deal later. Some guys I think, the Godwin I think will be tagged. Some guys that are great and will be near the top of the list that I don't think will be tagged, Teron Armstead of the Saints, you know, multiple-time All-Pro player. Von Miller and OBJ, they both can't be tagged. I don't know if either one will be with the way the Rams are set up. Chandler Jones, I, I don't think will be. So there will be some good names, but I wouldn't get all excited. Allen Robinson, I think your Jets might be in on him. Mm. Those are some good names. Uh, I need some him off the Bears names. or I, I'm out. Yeah. I know he's, he's Free him, a disappointing please. season. For heaven's sakes. I think the Jesse Bates thing is interesting with the Bengals just because – if they tag Jesse Bates, then what's going to happen with C.J. Uzama? Because I think that he's a huge part of that offense, and to have him with Joe Burrow there, that's huge for Burrow. So they're they're kind of in a little bit of a bind there because obviously they, they're going to have to address a ton of resources to the offensive line, and they don't have a high draft pick, so they're going to have to do that in free agency too. I misspoke. He was not tagged a year ago. That was that was a, a mistake, and we want to get everything right here. So he's an even Good bigger job. no-brainer. No, uh, no one made more money, I feel like, long-term in the playoffs than Jesse Bates and Von Miller. Because Von, Von Miller 
three months ago, people were thinking we're on the mm. downside, and he just looked like it was 2015, and he's going to free agency, so he's gonna he made himself a lot of money. And Jesse Bates had a monster playoff, so any thought that they're not going to give him a great contract after kind of a down year? He for had him. the worst down season, I think, regular season of his career. That that's generally the thought that he he was struggling. Maybe the contract was on his mind. Who knows? But either way, he's going to get paid. All right, let's move on, Connie. Well, pivots to you. Anywhere think- you want to go, anywhere you want. There's nothing cryptic about gratitude. We have to start there. I have to start there. I assume Dan would start there. I thought so, too. I have so many questions about this. And I know you guys talked about the PK detox or or whatever it is. Are you dialed in on what he did? Uh, Like on what this entails? The Pancha Karma. Pancha Karma? It involves, from what my quick reading of it, which was not quite Mm -hmm. pleasant, I would say, lubricating your body from both ends and completely <laughs> hollowing yourself out. Pretty much. 12 days, I Good think it is. A lot of vomiting, a lot of laxatives, some enemas, I think, are in there. Many, many en- enemas. As I Bloodletting. I don't even like saying that word, so I don't even know. It's right. it's a lot. Hey, with so, friends like these, who needs an enema? Hey. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> okay, so there. I had a lot of questions before oh, he yeah. went on Pat McAfee, <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure that he- You said really- Aaron Rodgers' name yet? Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Did I not say it? I don't know if you did. Oh, I just thought that everyone would know when I said I think nothing think cryptic did, about gratitude. So broadcaster, let's rewind a little bit back. And after the Super Bowl, we heard that Rodgers and Shailene Woodley broke up and that obviously after NFL honors when he won MVP, he said that he was going to take some time before he made a decision on his future because of Devontae Adams being a free agent, all of that situation with the whole team. But then he puts this whole post on Instagram, and that's why we're talking about the Panchakarma thing what is it therapy detox I don't know that's why we're talking about Panchakarma because he said that he was feeling very um just renewed and refreshed and just could see very clearly and so he posted about gratitude and this big long thing thanking Shailene Woodley and his teammates and his family and blah 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 blah, blah. then he went on Pat McAfee and he said that he still loves the game it's given me a lot I can still play he also said that he had some meetings that have been different than they were in the past in a positive way with Matt LaFleur and the higher ups as well. So there, he didn't make any type of announcement. He didn't give any more clarity to his situation, but it sounds like maybe he's back with Shailene Woodley. I don't know. It definitely did (laughs) sound like that. That seems to be one of the more tangible news items where it's put back into a place where we can, we can undo the previous announcement. Thank God. Okay. I'm just saying I'm with her on that, on that point. A reporter, by the way, said that they could hear, Someone who sounded exactly like Cheyenne Woodley. Well, it was the, people thought it was the view during the interview. On the, the but television. I show. could not care less about that whole situation. But go ahead. <laughs> that's fair. I'm not. I, yeah. That the, the, the journo and you might not find that topic um, relevant. I mean, I think number one, him. People were making the huge deal out of on that post the photo of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams with the space in between where he wasn't there. And I think the initial response was, is he like removing himself like a ghost from the Packers sideline? It's no, they, he was, they actually did that when he missed the COVID game to say you would always be standing here. So I do like the one thing is I, I don't know if there are too many people that have been more annoyed with Aaron Rodgers over the past calendar year than myself, but this was like watching the whole Pat McAfee thing. 
I kind of take him at his word on most of what he was saying because I do think it was not football like cryptology there. I think he was genuinely in this place where he had done this like physical cleanse and he was in a different state of mind. And the Devontae Adams thing, he went out of his way to talk about how it was so important. That's the huge obvious like if they tag him, I think. And they also he went on about Tom Clements, his old the coach who's coming back, who he's been aligned with in the past. That if those two things happen. The overall vibe between him and the Packers' leadership has been really positive. I mean, he even talked about, I think, delaying or making them wait, if I have this right, because he went out to dinner with, like, a flock of Buddhists and yes. said that, like, it's things are so good that, like, he was wait, he was able to have the conversation when he came back with Coach, GM, and everyone else. That was last – he was talking about last offseason, yeah. They, the, they, they well, were, that, I, that part threw me. Like, I don't they were pounding beers in the in the driveway when he got back. Yeah. LaFleur and, and another coach were, were – Drinking IPAs in the in Rogers's driveway, waiting for him to get back from the Buddhist dinner. This this current conversation though sounds positive. I just don't know why you'd go. I know you've got Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, but like, what what is better than Green Bay happened, for one more year? What happened, Greg, to the report last month? I won't draw this out. I won't leave the Packers hanging. He said that today too. He, he can, we, can we? All right, can we do it then? Right, because I can't, I can't, I can't do this. He's probably coming back, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert, he's coming. Yeah, back. but None can we it. just? And he, can we? I take oh, what he, I believe that he was feeling gratitude, and he sent it out. But he also is on the record saying he likes to throw things out there and see if they get a reaction. So he also knows. A, that he's going to be on McAfee the next day. He had already set that up when he sent it out. So it's all calculated like for maximum impact. And and he also knows that it's going to lead the A block of ESPN and, and NFL Network. And, and that's fine. That he just it's okay that it's vague he, he's having a little fun but the spoiler alert he's going to be on the Packers he, ha, he doesn't have much leverage anyways he wants to be on the Packers I think is pretty clear he wants to keep playing football is pretty clear and maybe the, the leverage in terms of his contract and they're going to have to figure out a new contract that he does have is not saying anything definitively at this moment even if everyone kind of knows where it's going he he's keeping that card in his pocket because they're about to figure out his money for the next two to three years. He's definitely getting a contract extension if he's staying because they have to lower his cap hit and that'll help keep Devontae Adams and it's all connected. Mm -hmm. The PK cleanse recently completed. Step one, three days of ghee therapy. Consume ghee. It's like a butter, I think. Until you evacuate at both ends. Two, one day of therapeutic vomiting. Oh my God. Three, one day, give me some like harps or something under this, Ricky. One day of laxative therapy, and four, uh, three days of herb drops in the nose. Uh, this sounds like a very dehydrating experience. Uh, also, there's like a mental component. No, there's yoga. more. Oh. Number, number five, many days of enemas. <laughs> many days of enemas. Number six, yoga and meditation throughout. Oh so this is what Mark God. did for the last twelve days. And he looks not great. at all yeah. like he uh, he was doing this during NFL honors, by the way. He talked about the fact that when he was up there, he was talking to Taylor Bashadi and others that he was in the middle of his. He was evacuating at both karma. ends. Well, I mean, I think that there, there was like, a pause on that part. of I would have watched it. I'm just like how, how like his his room must stink. Terrible. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're the target audience for it. Is it a weird why he breaks up with Cheyenne Woodley? During the evacuation from both ends for 12 mm, straight days. There's a connection potential. You know, it is interesting, though, because you talk about how everything with him is calculated and he's very intentful with the way that he posts things and he knows that he's going on McAfee. It's like 
It's like Russell Wilson tries to do that stuff, and Aaron Rodgers actually delivers. Yeah, he's good on at it. it. Yeah. yeah, he's good at it. But f- since we probably aren't going to return to the Packers, I I am really interested just in like what's going to happen these next three weeks. It's pretty complicated. They are $53 million over the cap, and you can figure it out with the restructures, but that's kind of why they have to sign Rodgers long-term and Adams. That will lower that number. MVS, Valdez Scantling is a free agent. Razul Douglas is a free agent. Devondre Campbell is a free agent. I think they may cut guys like Zadaria Smith, Preston Smith, and Mason Crosby. Like, Gudekunst is going to be earning his money. He does have a a lot to, to handle in the next month. And since you mentioned calculating before we move on, mm-hmm. Bob McGinn, we all love Bob McGinn, longtime Packers writer, um, wrote this week that Aaron Rodgers has for years played a careful calculating game. This is on the field. Understanding that the number of interceptions plays a dispor- disproportionate, nonsensical role in the passer rating formula. Bad interceptions are well bad. Then there are interceptions that are a cost of doing business for unselfish, competitive, stats-immune quarterbacks battling to make plays and lead comebacks until the bitter end. When a quarterback, especially one with a powerful, usually accurate arm like Rodgers, deliberately minimizes chances to deliver a big play for fear of an interception. That's pretty. That's withering criticism right there Whoa. from Bob McGinn. Uh, also, that is the back-to-back reigning MVP. So. Well, Bob Wait McGinn has a notebook and it's on fire, so he's a little different than the people I was critiquing. I think previously. he's I think he's getting some of that idea though from people that Rogers plays with too. Not that I don't I think it's an unfair criticism essentially, but I think it was a huge factor in the playoff game and I think that's where that's coming right from. He was he was very careful to not take chances in that playoff. Game. All right, up next Greg. All right. Um Anything you want, buddy. Where will you go? Okay, let's let's stay with the quarterbacks. James Palmer had a report. Our guy, James Palmer, we all love him. I like it when he's breaking the news. And he broke the news last week while we were all in our bunkers that the Buccaneers have done a significant amount of homework into acquiring Russell Wilson, which is the type of offseason little nugget drop that I just Mm. love because there is something delicious here about Tampa who does not feel like they should be taking a step back and, you know, looking what they have with Kyle Trask, which has been a little bit of a story, story right. as, you know, draft pick they took last year. Give up everything for Russell Wilson, and that makes the 2022 Bucks season and NFL season a lot more exciting. So I just hope there's some uh, real fire there to that smoke. They also, I mean, it was Ian and Tom Pelissero on Super Bowl Sunday talked about Russell Wilson, but also Deshaun Watson, that they're doing a ton of work on him as well. So I'm with you. They seem like hell-bent on, number one, if you're bringing Bruce Arians back, you're not wheeling out like an unknown rookie or a second-year player or someone else. I think it's like they want, they feel like they still have, they have cap issues. They're going to have to look at a couple of contracts too, but they still are in that Super Bowl window. And so it's like you simply take Russell or Tom Brady and replace him with Russell Wilson. I think the problem is, is that during Super Bowl week, Russell Wilson, for his discontent a year ago, does not seem to be in that place personally. And like he said that his relationship, and you don't have to buy this, it's probably nonsense, but that his relationship with with Pete Carroll is as good as it's ever been. And I think the Seahawks have zero interest in parting with Russell Wilson unless it was, you know, we're going to do this and completely restart the organization. They don't just have that. They don't have that vibe to me right now. But maybe the Bucks are that team that just give up like three first-round draft picks and some players. I mean, the Bucks players. I don't, also I don't, have players, too, that the Seahawks could use, like a pass rusher. They have, like, a deep roster in a lot of different spots. They could give up one of their zillion tight ends as well. I think what Seattle actually wants to do is 
an X factor of the whole offseason because I don't think Russell Wilson's public comments mean anything. I, I put a lot more into Ian Rappaport and other insiders report that behind the scenes, they want to investigate what's out there this offseason. And, and that would be fun. I'm and, sure they want Aaron Rodgers, too. And since we're on the um, subject of the Bucks and Bruce Arians, I'll dump out of the notebook the story from former NFL lineman Rich Ornberger, who <laughs> has a deep connection with Tom Brady and others, and uh, put it out there on Twitter that there, there was heat between between Arians and Tom Brady that perhaps fueled Brady's exit from that picture. Uh, and some of the, uh, and this is from Ornberger, um, some of the heat came from Arians maybe not working uh, all that hard and taking a red pen to the game plan <laughs> that Brady would cook up uh, with uh, offensive coordinator uh, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Mm-hmm. And there were the two men felt undermined. There was tension. And then Arians came out and said the report was, quote, such bull. It pisses me off. And noted that Leftwich could corroborate this too. And then PFT <laughs> uh, called out online AQ Shipley, who is, you know, a former player and a Bucks staff member, as the source of this without knowing it. I mean, it, without knowing Whoa. if it was or not, they basically Whoa. said if you connect the dots, it was probably AQ Shipley, who is, uh-huh. you know, close to Arians and all this other business that came out with this. But, you know, AQ what? Shipley could have been on. Wait, Shipley's close to Arians? Well, he's on the Bucks staff. And so it's like they, they, PFT did not say this is the source. They were trying to publicly figure out where who might have spoken this? Well, to? my guy Ornberger, what a great offensive line name uh, that is. Rich Classic. Ornberger uh, s- backed it up and said he's he's um, he stands behind it per multiple impregnable That's sources. Great. That's impregnable. not the only thing that he had to back up this week too, because <laughs> he's the one who came out with the report that Patrick Mahomes uh, supposedly banned. His wife, Whoa. Uh, or his fiance, Brittany Matthews, and uh, his brother, big offseason Jackson Ornberger well, from got, games, but then yeah, that turned out to not be true. So Ornberger kind of it was setting up as a huge week for the Ornberger brand. Yep. Uh, with this report on Brady, who's by the way 100% coming back, and I don't want to hear <laughs> anything else from anyone about this when it happens because I called it even before he retired. This man is not retiring from football. Maybe he's not playing this year, but he'll be on someone's team next year. Absolutely. Okay. Does anybody disagree at this point? Save this clip. I, I <laughs> certainly am wavering, but I don't. I definitely don't have and the confidence this, that if, you do. If and when he does, the fact that he decided to get out of Dodge after two years of Tampa, you can start to connect some dots. I'm not saying Ornberger's correct, but impregnable? Is that what he said? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good to, to give that as the adjective for your source. Yeah, I mean, the Niners have been floated around as a, as a target or landing spot for Brady as well because it was his hometown childhood team. I mean, we'll see. We shall see. All right, let's take a break, and uh, we'll get to Mr. Sessler's notebook next. Welcome back, Mark. Your your notebook item is so important that it gets some corporal branding. Time for news and notes presented for by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com to Mark Sessler. I mean, when you're going fourth, you're already operating as like the D block of the segment. So I, I had my notebook resembled yours in many ways. You want, you want but, some? How about this? Yeah. Snakes to you. You get to do two in a row. Ooh, so how do you feel like now? 
I feel Marky good boy. about that. Well, now we're operating on equitable territory. When Aaron Rodgers is on Pat McAfee's show, do they put him right off the top of the show, or they wait an hour to build the audience? I don't think that's how Ooh. this is. This I don't think the dynamic is the same here. That the audience is waiting for me to go. I don't think that's the the whole point. Very but I, I'm just hitting that, that thirty second button. Where's Mark's Where's notebook? Mark? Where, Where's Mark? Dump it, Mark. Dump it. Got it. More <laughs> Rosenthal. All right, more like, zero evidence of that. Dump uh, it like you're on the PK cleanse, Mark. I'll give you something <laughs> that I find totally disingenuous. <laughs> unless gross. this organization has decided to totally veer off a cliff. Uh, <laughs> the, Mark you. is so cleansed right now, and I love no, it. No, I'm so annoyed by this, because who's <laughs> buying this this wind? Coming from Kevin Colbert, Steelers GM, <laughs> right, I had this. saying that, look at we are perfectly comfortable with the idea of Mason Rudolph if today, if the season started today in quotes, shoot me in the head, uh, that Mason Rudolph, who had spent five, four, and one as a starter, would be, we'd be comfortable with our as our week one guy. We're not necessarily going to sell the house for other explosive options, and it is the Athletics' Mark Caboli who also has kind of been pounding this drum over and over, saying that the Steelers do not intend to be one of these players for Russell Wilson, for Deshaun Watson, for fill in the blank. So I don't. I I think number one. It could be that they're not going after one of those dudes. But the idea, and he's, you know, they said, oh, we're going to add quarterbacks, but not like guys that are real competition. Like, you mm. cannot tell me that Mike Tomlin, who has been talking for months now about the need for a mobile quarterback, a multiple-tool quarterback, is going to sit back and say, we're going to spend a season after we just dealt with a zombie Ben Roethlisberger a year ago and hang around with Mason Rudolph and see how that gets us in a division with Joe Burrow. And Lamar Jackson. We've been doing this for what a long time. manufactured <laughs> joke. Thank you. We've been doing this for a long time, right, Mark? I think yes. I, if you want to kind of peel back a layer here, isn't it kind of the kiss of death for a front office figure at this time of the year to say, like, we feel comfortable with so-and-so? That almost always means that guy is cooked. That's, I just don't buy it at right. all. So but I'm, I do, it, it I'm keeps, 100% keeps with bubbling you. up, so it's like, that's why I brought so it up. So Kevin you know? Colbert said, yeah, no plans to sell out to get Ben Roethlisberger's replacement, but at the same time, if you're following the Senior Bowl and the, this pre-draft process, which is already cooking, the Steelers are heavily involved right now in scouting the quarterbacks out there. So maybe they're not going to go and try to trade their the farm to get some player out there like a Deshaun Watson or whoever you want to throw in there. They're probably going to draft somebody, right, Connie? Yeah, I, well, I mean, they at this point they kind of have Hi. to. Like saying Rudolph at this point um, would be the number one quarterback. The only option really is like what else? What it's else obvious. Kevin it's, it is true. Say right That's now? true. That's it. Like it's he not doesn't Haskins. have any other options. And yeah. right. Rudolph, I guess, has the most experience there um, because really, it's like he's the only guy there right now. Yeah. Right. It, like Washington could say that Taylor Heineke is their quarterback today. The Saints could say Taysom Hill is. The only thing that told me was, like, they had a press conference, you know, and they had to answer the question. And I, I think it gets to their internal thinking that they probably will bring in a Dalton or a Brissett or a Cam or a Teddy if he gets cheap enough. Like, What about Jimmy G? Right, there's a million of these guys. Act When I was doing the free agent list, man, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks available. Trubisky? Tyrod, right? Trubisky. You want to throw Mariota in there. There's, there's a lot that are available, like of that 1B level, and those guys are all probably a little bit better than Mason Rudolph. So they're kind of in this spot where it's like, we're not going to go big fish hunting. Maybe we'll look for a rookie. If we get stuck with taking like a 1B option that winds up beating out Rudolph, then fine, but we're this? not going to spend crazy. How about this? First of all, get Dwayne Haskins out of my building. Uh, bye. They that already they're spot. picking up his you know, option right. or whatever. Well, this, this is what right, I would not? do. 
Then I would sign your boy, Teddy Bridgewater, who's a free agent, and I would imagine at he this point. He might cost too much. I'm saying at this point, d- despite your longtime love, it's starting. he's starting to – he's a rich man's Geno Smith. That, I think at some point his price tag is going to have to come down. For If you want a guy that throws 18 touchdowns and seven interceptions in 14 games, yeah, he's your guy. But I'm saying if you bring in a nice veteran option like Teddy as a bridge guy and then draft somebody in the first round, then I n- now we're talking. Okay. That's what I think. I just think, based on the way they're talking, they might see Mason Rudolph as in a similar tier of Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy Bridgewater, if I had to guess, I hope they we'll, do. We'll still be making more than ten million dollars a year next year. The one issue. I don't know is- if he's going to make twenty anymore, but I think he will be near the top of this pile of the of free agents, which Pitts- kind of make an in between amount of money. Pittsburgh also sits at number twenty in the draft, and so if if they not, we're not going to swing for the fences. Means you're not going to trade up. Guys like Kenny Pickett, who went to Pitt, who would be a nice story for the Steelers, won't be there. You've got the Panthers at number six, the Texans who have to find a new quarterback unless they're married to Davis Mills at number three. See, so yeah, I don't quarterback needy. They'll teams sit there. Of. They'll sit there. They sat and waited for Roethlisberger, which was right. risky at the time. I remember that was a big conversation, and they were rewarded. There weren't there aren't six quarterbacks in this right. draft. Though. I could I could definitely see them trading up from twenty to ten or so. I could totally. That's see what I'm just but, saying. I think that they yeah. can't, this whole like we're sitting back and we're chill with Mason Rudolph. Like like go ahead and do what the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns want you to do and see how that works out. Maybe Doc Hodges is the future. Doc. Doc. There's that. I forgot about him. (laughs) Mason Rudolph, I mean, if nothing else, he averaged more quarters per start than any quarterback in the league last year. One start, five quarters of action. Pretty good. Nice-looking 16-16 tie against the Lions. Pretty good. What a time. That was like my least favorite game pass experience of the year. That was News and Notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. Mark, now you're free from the corporate shackles for your next item. Get it in Marketplace? There you go. All right, I like this one. Um, you know, we're getting deeper into the notebook here. Some of these, you know, they're not all. Dump it, baby. It's you know, not all gems. But this is notebook on notebook. Um, I like this because it's like you know, this is the kind of thing where um, Roto World, what's it now called? ESPN, NBC. We refuse to recognize the new name. It's all right. Well, well, we don't recognize it, but because we like Josh Norris and the whole gang there. Josh Norris hasn't worked there in in over a year. He's at underdog. Yeah, we got to give him give Josh <laughs> some respect. Pat Darty, because we love Roto Pat, NBC Sports Edge, New World Roto World, mm. but we call it Roto World. Yeah, all right. So, so anyways, so this is the kind of thing that Roto World would be very clear to point out to the reader, like uh, this reporter, Congrats, just like grain of salt, please. But Judd Zolget, who did for a long time work for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, now works for Score North. Um, reported Monday that the Panthers mm-hmm. have called the Vikings about, about a possible trade for Kirk Cousins. There you go, Mark. Love it. Then, though. Great great item. Go ahead, buddy. I, well, I believe today, though, this happened on the Pat McAfee show, that Rappaport said, I don't think there's any truth to that Panthers item. But I do wonder, in general, on the Kirk Cousins scenario, like, A, would a team come calling for a guy that's going to cost $35 million, has one more year on his contract, when Kevin O'Connell's in Minnesota with no other answer, if they gave him away, I don't see that happening. It's just I kind of thought that Cousins could be movable at one point, and they maybe under Zimmer would want to move him. Like that thing was just getting ugly, but now he feels more cemented in for the next year, just because what other option is there? Yeah, Carolina, man, they are just so thirsty for a quarterback right now, too. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna call everybody and anybody, but the fact that they botched the Darnold deal so bad and everybody knew it when they paid him so much up front without 
any type of evidence on the field. And they tried to get Matthew Stafford and got rebuffed on that. Right. And there were the the reports about the fact that they were trying to get Deshaun Watson at some point, too. And then that didn't work out. They obviously tried out Teddy. That didn't work out either. So I, I don't know what they're going to do, but Matt Rule needs a quarterback to save his job next season. Right. Ian made it clear in his mind that the Vikings aren't interested in trading him. That he, I don't know if he doubted that the Panthers actually did call. I'm wondering why that, like, who is benefiting from that news getting out there? I don't know. Maybe Kirk Cousins, I suppose, right. that, that if he wanted to sign a contract. Kevin O'Connell, their, you know, their new head coach, worked with him in Washington, so they are very familiar with each other. And he was pretty set during his press conference that Kirk Cousins was his guy. But he, he did live a, live, live a little like, well, he is on the roster with an answer. He said he's anticipating that he would yeah. be. Like, that's an interesting word. to like they're open-minded on it. Right. Know? If somebody I comes and blows If someone away, really yeah. came for Kirk and that, that contract and they could save that much. It probably would help the Vikings in the long term. Unless you think Kirk Cousins has a Super Bowl run in him. Which I think I don't know. I think we're pretty well established on the Kirk Cousins. He's just brand, not, this isn't Matthew this Stafford like part two here. Could he be though? No, I don't know. I mean, I'm just. What do we say about Matthew Stafford two months ago? Well, we said we, he was what he was in Detroit, and he's that guy still. I think most people would would agree that Matthew Stafford is a better option at quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins gets lamb basted too much. I get that, and you look at the stats and the numbers, but there's something about the experience that's you know he's in a, his little uh, cutout plexiglass thing all last season. It's just not, you know, not a bridge built. <laughs> I don't know if Kirk Cousins takes the Rams down the field in the last five minutes of that Super Bowl. I don't think they're in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, like, let's say he had to do that. I don't know if he has really? to. Really? They, they melt Tampa in that scenario. I and think that's the whole Cousins thing. I mean, their careers are similar, Cousins That's what Stafford. I mean. If anything, yeah. you know, Cousins maybe individually – you know, more Pro Bowls, that that sort of thing. But I think league-wide, you would have always rated Stafford above Cousins. Who are and- you replacing him with, though? Who's going right. to be that, better? For a first-time coach, exactly. Right. Does, does Kirk Cousins talk about having those dark spaces he needs to go to? No, he does not. No. Mm. Matt, the one thing you'd learn more about Matthew Stafford in L.A. was that the Matthew Stafford, the person, the fire inside of him was a little different. I don't get that with Kirk Cousins on any level. Stick a pin in Matthew Stafford because we're going to come back to oh. him. Uh, Greg, you're up next. All right, let's um, let's go to the Saints. I I found it very interesting uh, as I was looking through my notebook notebook here that Pete Carmichael, who was widely reported to have turned down the Saints' offensive coordinator job, was eventually convinced into taking it after Jay Gruden uh, interviewed for the job, and it continues this theme with the Saints, which I find really interesting that. They're just trying to bring everything back. They're br- they're almost bringing back the team and the coaching staff as if Sean Payton's going to change his mind and they want it all set up for him when he gets back. Our, our friend uh, Mark Adam uh, at at the Saints Twitter podcast, you know, he-, he they were reporting on this Carmichael thing that like, look, he wanted to take a step back. And and that was widely reported out there. And yet they've, they've basically brought back their entire coaching staff, even guys like Doug Marone. Uh, who were there before are now there again. And it's almost like everyone just wants to keep their jobs there. And so they don't want to bring in anyone from the outside that could possibly disrupt them keeping their jobs. And they want to keep this you know, money train essentially on the tracks. And that might include Michael Thomas. And that part makes sense to me. Catherine Terrell uh, noted that almost every statement out of the Saints uh, is very positive about Mike 
Thomas, knowing that they're probably not going to be able to trade him or anything like that, and that they fully expect him to be back, that their best chance to have a legitimate team this year is with Michael Thomas. And I just don't know if that's like the best way to run an organization and that everyone is just trying to stay the exact same and retain their jobs. Right. So like, isn't this a time where they should be changing a little bit? I don't know. So is that what they end up doing with the quarterback? Do they bring back Jameis that's, as well? That's, that's sort of the buzz, too. Hey, ESPN said that, like, that's many sort of the buzz, think too. That it's Jameis coming back. I mean, Carmichael, I, we, maybe something was going on in Carmichael's life where he didn't want this role or something. It was strange because, Greg, we talked about it before the Super Bowl. Like, what was, He's been there since like the Nixon administration, and he seemed like the obvious guy for the OC. The one year that he played that role, he didn't – I mean, when, exclusively when, when Peyton wasn't there, they – they were successful, so it's like he seemed like the perfect person for it. But then you're interviewing Jay Gruden and then naming him the guy who didn't really want the job. The job, it's 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 awkward. This is I'm just not sure what's going on there. Something. I mean, if the Bucks go back to Jameis Winston, that was a number one overall draft pick that did not work out across five years. Well, this is the I Saints. don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be wild. All right, who's up? I think you are. I right? think I'm up. Okay, I'm up. What you got left? Exciting. Brian Flores got a job. How about that? Yup. How about that? Now, I think the ultimate test in this Flores situation, who, as we all know, has an active uh, lawsuit uh, against the NFL, three teams um, citing racial discrimination and faulty practices. And he gets a job as a a senior defensive uh, assistant with the Steelers. And that's cool. And he's going to be working under Mike Tomlin, another uh, black coach. That's cool. And the question to me, though, here, Connie, is does he actually get a head coaching job? So this is good. This is, I guess you could call it progress because Colin Kaepernick never even got back into the league as a backup. Right. I'm wondering, and time will tell on this, if Flores gets another job as a head coach. But I think it was a nice olive branch, um, not necessarily from the NFL, but from the coaches and the league and certain and another from another perspective that he is now back in football and won't be out of football entirely after that lawsuit was filed. Right. Because I'm sure he was thinking that he might not have another shot to get another job at all in any capacity in the NFL. It's not surprising one bit that he landed in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin. Um, I still have a lot of doubts, though, that he's going to land a head coaching gig in the NFL going forward. I I think that it's a great fit there in Pittsburgh with him and Tomlin and Terrell Austin as well. I think it'll, they'll be able to do really fun things with that defense. But going forward, I think that Brian Flores has a tough road to to get through to become a head coach. This was a huge step, though, and it's like I think you got to get it's you know through the machinations of staff changes if he gets back in Pittsburgh to a coordinator level at some point because I don't think anyone it's like we all kind of say we all get that he's a really good coach. I mean, what he did with Miami was extremely impressive. There's all this other stuff that was going on. It's like I see it a little differently than some of the Kaepernick stuff because I don't think it's like galvanizing um, a, like a sector of the public that like is conflating it with political stuff at the same time. This is very clearly a legitimate complaint by Brian Flores that I think the difference, I would like to see, there are more coaches that feel the way that he feels, but they're not putting their name on the line. He's sort of hanging out there by himself. And the Steelers of all organizations said, You've got a place with us. Like the Rooney rule is not working, but the Rooney's like in action did something here to to change that. Right. And if if this lawsuit didn't happen and Flor you had told me before the offseason this is Flores' role for 2022. It actually wouldn't have been that surprising. 
you know, this is what happens sometimes. To with, not get one of the nine open jobs? It wouldn't have been know. shocking, no. I mean, I, I, if maybe it's like 50-50, would have gotten one, he wouldn't. Sometimes they don't get back right away. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, didn't get back. And these are the types of jobs that they uh, often take. The, the difference is th- this lawsuit's ongoing. And so that that's the bigger story. He His attorney said that they are waiting for the NFL to essentially ask them for the evidence that he has against Dolphins owner Stephen Ross in terms of uh, intentionally trying to lose games and the accusations that they put in the lawsuit that he was offered $100,000 to do that. And, you know, Roger Goodell pointedly at that press conference at the Super Bowl said that, look, owners can vote other owners out. And to me, that is uh, one thing I'm going to be tracking this this season because he still has a chance, Brian Flores, to be the first coach to ever fire an owner, essentially. I mean, he got wow, fired yeah. by, by Stephen Ross, and that's part of the lawsuit going back. And, like, that's that's not ending anytime soon. That would be the ultimate vengeance. Oh, big time. The, the vengeance scale would be off the charts. It's a 12 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Connie, you're up. Okay. Let me... Page through the notebook here. Dump it. Yep. All right. Here we go. Very dense. (laughs) Carson Wentz. What's the deal? So the Colts beat writer, one of them, uh, Zach Kiefer, who's awesome. You guys should follow him. He said that he thinks Wentz is obviously going to get traded or straight cut before um, or during free agency. He said that in light of some conversations over the last six or seven days, it's my full expectation that he's moved by the end of this free agency period. Whether that's a cut or a trade remains to be seen. I think this is a when situation, not an if situation. I think the decision has been made. So yesterday, which was Monday, since we're recording on Tuesday. Nailed it. Uh-huh. Uh, marked the one-year anniversary of the trade uh, that the Eagles made with the Colts for Carson Wentz. And I get the sense that ownership is not thrilled with the Wentz experience and that this whole reunion between him and Frank Reich just did not go as they had planned. We know that Jim Ursay tweeted back on January 24th, you can see clear as day in the final eight NFL team playoffs, you need a quarterback and <laughs> offense who can score 30 or more in regulation and a defense that can hold an opponent under 30, exclamation point. So there was the epic collapse. Slammers galore. To, the, uh, to close just, out the season. He's like, I'm going to throw in this defense line to really throw him off the set. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but the way that they finished out the year was a massive disappointment they started the season with Carson Wentz hurt and just this is a very quarterback friendly offense with the offensive line that they have and Jonathan Taylor there so you would think that he was set up to really succeed but I don't even know who the upgrade would be that is a excellent tease by the tiny box for Thursday's podcast uh we will have Zach Kiefer himself what? on no! the show. No way! No! I love Zach. No! He's awesome. Kiefer will be on to discuss Carson yeah! Wentz and the Colts quarterback conundrum because it's fascinating. I, I was thinking about this, guys. Good to have different branding for the program. Uh, what if we kind of go through the shows the next six weeks or so? We call it the Flashpoint Figures of the NFL. And maybe Flashpoint figures, colon, Carson Wentz. We hit him and their situation this week. Maybe hit something different every week. I told you Dan was a showman, and like he came that. up with that on the fly while we were doing the show. I mean, Flashpoint figures. What do you think? Maybe that we could workshop the name. Flashpoint figures. This guy, he's an idea guy. 
I'm an ideas man. But anyway, let's let's stick a pin in that conversation. Okay. But it's very good that you brought that yes, up. Yes, that's in the what notebook. A plug. All right. Now, I'm up next. We need to get one of the great women connected to the Around the NFL podcast, and we've been blessed in that department over the years. Uh, first it, live appearance on the show. She is the great Alexandra <gasps> Fragola. Whoa, wow. Hey. Better known as Frags. She works. She's a key figure on the network side and uh, also one of the great voice artists of our generation. What's up, Frags? Wow, that was quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> now, I went up to Frags in the newsroom and I said, you are the voice, famously, of La Raville Magnifico, which, if you're not aware of what that is, that's when someone says or does something that without even realizing it, that person is telling you so much about them. Mm-hmm. And um, Frags, this one that I'm about to share with, with the group is, is such an on-point example that we needed to get you in here live to do it. And appreciate it. It came up to you in the newsroom. and You didn't come up to me. You ran into my chair and like slipped underneath me. Yeah. It is the off-season, though. That's a good sign yeah she would be mm-hmm. free to c- come here yeah very, very busy schedule. right i came just to make it clear to the audience i came and i sat in frags's chair while her back was turned and then she turned around and i was there that's, that's a real uh he said she said because her description was markedly different <laughs> than his what is you the correct described. one i'm not used to being live normally i get to rehearse these things you know uh, that's good though but you know we we talked about what the cadence would be so <laughs> let's let's uh oh let's try it ricky since we're doing live break out the harp and and you just lay give us one, and I'm gonna call for it a couple times maybe. But here's the first one. Okay. Wait for the harp. La Raville Magnifico. Oh yes, yes, La Raville Magnifico. Frat Stafford at the Los Angeles Rams victory parade. Oh. He's on stage. The photographer, and listen, we can get into the photographer's backstory later if you want. Kelly Smiley. Kelly Smiley. Um, she is on the stage. She takes a false step backward. She falls off the stage. It turns out that she fractured her spine, broke her two cameras. Matt Stafford, who was feeling no pain, was right in front of the woman as she stepped back and fell. He does a 180 turn, walks away, arms up like, I'm not dealing with this right now. Kelly Stafford rolls up real quick. How is this woman that just fell off the stage? I think that is a big time hit it. Magnifico. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Frat Stafford with a walk away in a big spot, Mark. Uh, the video was, I mean, the video was what the video was. It just did not look good. It's like he, he saw what happened. I mean, he didn't probably comprehend the end result, but he saw the woman fall off the stage and he basically turned and bolted. It just, it was, it, it went viral for that reason. I would say, you know, in the end result, they are paying for all her medical bills and her cameras and all that. So it's like but that's all like PR. I, I know. I no, understand. I understand. You don't but like know they, that. That's unfair. Oh, it, it, it played a role. Trust me. Why do you? Now. Why? Why are you not supposed? Why are you not allowed? And why shouldn't you ever drive a car under the influence of alcohol? Because your decision making is right. impaired. So that is the only thing I have to you give say. Give him a pass. No, not I, that's I, okay. I'm not. But here, he, not I actually here's where I I totally disagree. Is that in that mo- that's that thing happened. It was is a re- very regrettable moment. It's good that she was kind of representing the two of them. She got this effort covered, and that she covered. I think if this hadn't become a story, if the vi- if there was no video of it, that they would have found out exactly what would have happened, and they would have taken care of it quietly, and they the Rams and Stafford would have paid for all the medical advances because that's what that's what good people do, and that and that would have been the story. So so to me, that's like. 
you, we, you don't need to pile on. I'm sure he feels hey, like Hey, I'm bad. not piling on. It's, I, to me, I'm just like, saying that it might have been. That would have happened whether there was a video or not, is my point. It's in that zone of the right. law reveal. I mean, it's just, it, I think it brought our minds but there initially. I like Connie makes a great nice point. tie up on it. Uh, that he was over the legal limit for sure and loose and you're not making the same decisions. Greg, what you're saying obviously makes sense, but ultimately the final decider has to be Frags herself coming in with her own analysis on the Fred Stafford walk away. Oh, I was not told I had to give it. Uh, no. Uh-oh. Um, listen, we've all, we've all been feeling the way Matt Stafford felt and I probably would have reacted the same exact way. It was very shocking. <laughs> and I don't totally understand why it's his fault that someone fell off the stage. It's not his whoa, fault. Whoa, whoa. Not his fault. Of course it's not the construction teams, you know, Of course issue. it's not his fault. It's just not a human fault. reaction. Ultimately, it is his fault, though, that he's – even if, you, if you're putting the drink on it, it's like that's still your fault. That's it's something you, that you, you ultimately wake you up made the, the bad decision because it – yeah. And this, you see the video of that if right. you're Matt Stafford and you're like, oh, my God. Because to be clear, I'm not giving him a pass at all. I know no matter how intoxicated I was, I would be running – or you just wave check, security over and point. That, That's it. That woman. Then like, you can do the walk away. I got arrested in high school because I was like helping the girl whose house it was who threw the party. I was she was throwing up and I was like holding her hair back and got arrested because I was helping her. That, well, that, that doesn't seem. Jo- I got arrested for mail fraud in high school and I also felt innocent of the of it. So it, was it enjoyable to argue with Greg and the rest of us, Fregs? Oh, it was fantastic. Well, thank Great. you. Thank you for having me, Jen. You're, You're welcome that, to to come sit at my desk anytime. Wait, can I get a, a break me off a piece of that brisket? Oh yeah. Oh, Jake brisket. Break me off a piece of that Jake brisket. Did it, is it Jake brisket? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We just know. hand the whole show over to you at this point. What else well, is Rex? He's going to be a free agent. Rex is like a C and say right now. He's going to be a free agent, so we could definitely have some Jake Mark brisket content. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Give us one of those. What was it? Mark, you're so crazy. <laughs> Mark, you're so crazy. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> what a talent. Uh, yeah. I'm out of here. Frags. Yeah. Thank, thank you. All. Mark's going to be it's thinking about that moment. Love you, Frags. Hi, guys. There Roughly she goes. What a legend. What a surprise. She's going to be a little upset with me that I put her on the spot there. I could tell. But we've been working for, together for a long time, all of us. So So do you get a pass? I hope so. I hope I do. All right. Let's move on. Oh, let's uh, – I know I don't want to double dip here, but I've been told for production reasons uh, we need to hit this one next. So I'm going to go twice here. Uh, all apologies. <laughs> this situation, check this out. I know you guys probably saw this, but I want to touch on it. A huge flock of birds that suddenly plunged to the ground in Mexico. It happened earlier this month. We want to warn you, the video you're about to see is graphic. The video is chilling, too. It shows the yellow-headed blackbirds suddenly fall from the sky. What? Oh, jeez. Many of them died. Others did fly away. And the reason behind their rapid plunge remains unclear. But some experts say the blackbirds may have been trying to escape a predatory bird swooping (gasps) in from above. Wow. Well, fi- apparently you had not seen that, Connie. That's no. Okay. I like uh, the ne- other person. Neither had I. Ooh, I had never wow. heard of this. Really? Okay, well. That's so, terrifying. Yeah, that happened in Mexico. And uh, just we don't need to you know, dive deep here. But I have a – I'll put a sandwich on it perhaps that this is the sign of the next huge thing for humanity that we're dealing <sighs> with. That, that uh, in like an M. Night Shyamalan type of way, this is – there's going to be other unexplained things that are going to start happening over the next six months, and it's going to become one of the major talking points. I won't, I won't take you because I totally agree with you. It's like, hey, we've <laughs> treated the earth yeah. like utter crap and garbage endlessly since we've arrived, and uh, suddenly mm. nature is starting to rebel. 
Right, the the animals, they're going to be getting some revenge. They're coming for us. Well, the birds, I mean, it was a, a, a death dive for probably hundreds of them. So I don't know what revenge they're getting there. They got a bit of a raw deal. I mean, a some of, of them. Kamikaze. Seem, yeah. I'm going to have to go down this rabbit hole. I need to find out more. Like, I, I'm going to need, like, bird experts on this case because I've yeah. become, I've been starting to watch birds. Uh-oh. Um, I'm 80 years old. Uh-oh. And <laughs> down on the ranch, my summers now include... A cup of tea. And oh, no. Bird watching. She's watching birds already. <laughs> She's a rat. Fits like a glove. So um, that is jarring. All right. Um, anyway, so if you guys want to take me up on that. Wait, uh, that's a. Th- what is this? This is a sandwich? It's a sign of some type of uh, mm. global reckoning, uh, humanity reckoning. Okay. I don't like that at all. But I'm going to leave it open ended for uh, the next two years. So. Well, I'll take, take you because, again, point. I want to root for, you know, that not happening. Right. Um, right. I, but I, I think yeah. you could put sandwiches separately on Connie becoming an ornithologist. <laughs> yeah. At some point, I think maybe it was – maybe the birds were experiencing Havana syndrome. Um, I don't know if you guys are, are dialed no. in on this, but high-level national security officers have been stricken with unexplained illnesses on the White House grounds, also internationally, a.k.a. Havana syndrome. It's something, Mark, that you should dial in on. I will. I mean, stuff Troubling. is melting. I don't know why we just we continue just to Troubling. drive around and like go to Subway and eat all the food we want. Have a nice time. Interesting. Yeah, he always brings it back to food. No, just like well, no. I, you don't think that the way that we produce food in general is quite disturbing to the earth and to many people. In yeah, the I, would, I would say it could be better. Could no, be better. I think Subway, which is an NFL sponsor. Well, Greg, here we go. Greg with total the, the integrity. Delightful yeah, sandwiches. Yeah. Right, with the, some of the best. High quality. Well, integrity. Integrity is uh, on low, low demand. Vegetables. Do we? St- do they still have the RG three like roast beef touchdown <laughs> spike? I, Walker sandwich. made me went, made me go to su- like this is how advertising actually works. Like he just is obsessed with the subway ads. He loves Trevor oh, Lawrence and all the other things. And they made me go to Subway. So that was the first time in about twenty years, and it's pretty much the same. I would say unbelievable sandwiches over there. Those sandwich artists. You just can't beat them. No one no, makes a, a better sandwich. It's a great operation. Strike everything I've said previously. Let's take a break, and we'll be back. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're past. Uh, where are we at? How much time do we have left, uh, Ricky? We are at 47 minutes. All right, in. so wow. it's time to truly now empty out the notebook. So let's speed things up a okay. little bit and try to Shoot. get around the horn a couple times each. Uh, Greggy. All right. Uh, I'll do a quick one. Since we're we're talking Rams in that parade in Stafford recently. I went. I went with my kids. Oh, you did. I oh, took wow. them out of, you know, they didn't go to school until like afternoon. They were quite tardy that day. But I figured this doesn't happen uh, too often. Ellis got to be at the game and that was like amazing. She, she got actually te- teary eyed when the Rams won. So she's like really uh, attached. And, and the reason I bring it up here more is like, it was a delightful experience. And, and I saw after the fact, LA was taking a lot of grief of like, like shot, shots of empty streets or something. It's like, I think, first of all, those were taken before the parade. I don't know. Carry that water I, right. I, oh. It's not. It's. I was a reporter boots on the ground. I was in a packed train in public transportation going down full of a pretty young but diverse group of uh, Rams fan. And where we were, it was like totally packed. Now, granted, is it going to be packed as much as almost any other NFL city? No. And it's obvious for why the reasons for that were. But I don't know. It's like, why at this point in human history do we have to rain on other people uh, having a good time? If it makes them happy. And all I'm saying is it was packed to the point where my kids were sort of freaked out and frightened by how packed it was. You know, that was almost like an issue. There was too many people there. 
uh, for back to Ram's house for us. Uh, but it was a really nice little afternoon. I, I worried what your kids would be like if you took them down the Canyon of Heroes if the Knicks won a right. Well, it's a, a lot. It's a lot. There's people it's, behind there's you yelling of and city parades, pushing but, up yeah. on you. You know, when you're trying to get a look, Cooper Cup's going by and whatnot. That's cool. Good experience. Cool. Parade. I I went to one victory parade, the '96 Yankees, and I was like, all right, I did this. Right. I, I don't. I really. I don't quite get the appeal, but it's like it's okay. for kids. Yeah. I think. Ultimately. I love a parade. Right. <laughs> they like the con- all they wanted was the confetti to be uh, the confetti cannons, and those were happening, and that that's all they needed. Oh, in Philadelphia, they put Crisco on the poles. Yeah. You guys are so the grease insane. poles. I mean, that was one of the better things. Either. I like that maneuver. That was yeah. back off. And they still climbed. Oh, yeah. They still got up there's, those poles. There's a uh, basically it's like a competition every year in the Italian market where people have to climb a grease pole. Oh, get the Italian meats. Climbing and the pole the over here. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the Hollywood sign? How they uh, put Ram's house over I know. That didn't work. See, that does, well. that does not work for me would, at any level. Just stay away from it. Well, the, it would have worked if it looked good, but it was the just, city. The city put it up, and it looked like uh, a bunch of amateurs in a windstorm putting it up, which that is, is kind of what happened. This is a city filled with, like, People that work on movie sets in prop departments. Yeah. Right. Like, How about getting like six technically, uh, you know, adequate set designers to do something? That like, gets the that old uh, Bart Simpson. At least you tried birthday cake gif. Mm. The execution was <laughs> off. All right, Mark, you're up. Uh, I would look at the Giants for one minute because you know while we were all off on Super Bowl week, GM Joe Shane, their new GM. You know they have Brian Dable there, and it's like you want to hit the ground running and surround Daniel Jones with a ton of talent, but they have Matt Dave Gettleman left them in cap hell. And there are whispers now or just, you know, trying to figure out what they do to get out. They're 12 million over. Is it possible you've trade Saquon Barkley at this point who could save you 7.2? I know who I don't know who's trading for him, but there could be someone out there. But James Bradbury is probably a cap hit. He's 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 going to be he's earns 21.9 million. Blake Martinez has a 14 million dollar cap hit. That seems insane to me. Kenny Galladay, he makes $21 million over the next three years. Kenny I just wonder Galladay. if the Giants, even though Oofa. you want to set Dayball up as well as you can, is there like a roster gutting of some sort coming here? Mm. Because I think, A, they totally envision a different team than Gettleman left behind, which was a failed team, and it might be a tough year or two for Dayball. It's not just you're hitting the ground with Josh Allen in year three. Well, I keep thinking about Mitch Trubisky. This is I can't believe this is the second time I'm bringing him up in the show. Think about him a lot. I I keep thinking about whether or not he's going to end up with Brian Dayball and the Giants as like a competition piece for Daniel Jones because he only mm. signed that one year deal in Buffalo and he came out and said that I'm in a confident space right now. He's ready to be a starting there quarterback are again. People, that scares me. There yeah. are people in the league who know things who think Mitch Trubisky could still be a functional NFL player. If he gets into the right setup and has an opportunity, yeah, well, okay. that would that would be the setup. Dable, who's yeah. been with them, I I look at their roster and I don't think they're like crazy far away. They're not the Texans. I think Daniel Jones will have a better spot if it's a good coaching staff. I don't see that many like logical cut candidates like Blake Martinez. You get rid of Blake Martinez if you wanted. Uh, you could get rid of Kyle Rudolph. Certainly, seven point five uh, million dollars. Otherwise. I kind of like they have enough people around him. They just need to get enough. I also think I I know he didn't look great last year, but that team was such garbage. Saquon Barkley, I think, could be somebody who has a bounce back. Right. Why? I can't imagine it would be worth getting rid of like whatever you would get back for Saquon Barkley. Couldn't be worth it. Well, I mean, I what can would see it, it as like a just what would it be? A, just a new look version of the team because yeah. Saquon Barkley is also, let's be honest, entirely frustrating as a player for the past couple. He's of been years. he's yeah. due seven million. 
is a lot for a running back, but it's not that much. Sterling Shepard maybe is a guy that could Man, go. He's, they also he's they have to create cap room. So you can right. cut like, Kyle Rudolph. That's I agree. He's that's gone. Sa- like that, like he, he, he is worth more than Saquon Barkley right now, and so is Sterling Shepard. Martinez is worth double, so that's a new coaching staff. You might just Sterling Shepard, uh, we've always liked him, but he can't stay healthy. That, that right. feels like a guy to move that's on from. One. Barkley, it's like, listen, if you're going to stay stay the course with Daniel Jones here and give him one more chance because he was in a bad setup, I think you should do the same with Barkley and see what happens. They mentioned him specifically, too, Dave, that they wanted to see Jones and Barkley, and those were the two that they mentioned with the right support, the coaching staff at least. I think they're. It's such an obvious new coach comment, but I just, I don't know. I just, I don't have to be all buy in that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are going to combine to play more than 20 games next season. Well, we're not saying that necessarily. Greggy. Um, I, I thought it was interesting how the NFL handled two more, you know, regrettable stories about how they mistreat women over the last week. It's crazy that the Washington football team is under investigation again, not just by Congress, which was a thing that happened right after uh, the season, but by the NFL with an independent investigation, Mary Jo White, who the last time she was involved in an investigation, there was a change in ownership uh, in Carolina. And so this Washington story, which if you weren't tracking it, kind of popped back up because there was new allegations that were part of that congressional hearing. And the NFL is taking a different tack than they did uh, last time around when they weren't the ones in charge of the investigation. Washington was and that there was no public release of the report that came out of that. This time they say there will be. So that that is a difference. And I as someone who just like watches the ownership situations like I I find that interesting that they're taking a different tact here and and they're definitely taking a different tact than they are with the Cowboys who Mm. um, were accused uh, by former cheerleaders their their head PR guy who's one of the most powerful and well-known PR guys in the history of the NFL I would say Rich Dalrymple over the last 26 years uh, of taping cheerleaders with his cell phone while they were changing the crazy part is it was six years ago and that they, there was a, a payment to these women ultimately. And the NFL says they are not going to look into it at all. But it is a crazy story if you read the entire one by Don Venata because it goes to the very top of covering up uh, some pretty brutal accusations. And there is money that's already changed hands here, including you know violating Jerry Jones's own daughter, who's a, a, you know, a mm-hmm. vice president of the organization. It is some dark stuff. So if you want to feel cynical about the world, the fact that this was buried for six years and then Dalrymple retires three weeks ago and it just spoke so loudly to me that they didn't recognize that at all. The Cowboys didn't make a statement. They didn't say a word. This is, this is, if you've ever seen Jerry Jones on camera, Rich Dalrymple is right next to him. If you've ever been to a Cowboys practice, he's right next to him. When he left after 26 years. Does he clean the glasses? Is that him? He, no. He is the cleaner, though. He is the Michael Clayton <laughs> of that team. And they didn't right. say a word when he left. Yeah. They said that has nothing to do with this incident that happened six years ago and millions of dollars changed hands. And I don't know. It's disappointing. It's some, like, dark NFL well, that shows you how. But little, the NFL handled those two stories differently. That shows you how little's changed. Sorry. But, like, yep. it is notable that ownership is under fire as an overall group right now. There's no question about that. It takes 24 of 31 owners to vote someone out. And I, you wonder with Daniel Snyder if we could get – be getting closer and closer. I would, see. Don't hold your breath. Don't want to be cynical about it, but we'll see. Yeah. That's uh, a depressing state of affairs. Uh, 
not to uh, change the tone too much, but it is 222 on 222.22 right now. Whoa. Do we, make a, do we make a wish? What do we do? Make a wish, everybody. Sign. I have been looking into a lot of astrology stuff with this. I was in the middle of making my wish. <laughs> As was I. Well, you, it was we were bowing our heads in silence to make a wish. All right, go ahead. Except for Greg. Greg was like, I'm not. No, I, my eyes were closed. Come on. There's a lot percolating about this day that they say to not, to like make sure your house is clean because you don't because of all the cosmic which I don't Ooh. necessarily believe in all of that like your it, proverbial house or your no your like physical house oh. like have a your, space have your yeah, space be yes. clean today they say don't start any major arguments today because it's a mirror because it's two 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 Ooh. that if you start like an argument it could come back to you mm. this following year and something about the mirrors which I don't really know anything about it or believe but some stuff people are saying is just like be just kind of be on your good behavior today. Don't start any arguments or make Keys any major life decisions. Today. Keys and cues, stay on. Okay, but positivity right. is going to be good because you want it mm. to reflect back. To I'm going to drive straight home and go to bed. Right. <laughs> definitely not going to like talk back to this plumber. Whatever you say goes. No. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Let's talk pipes over here. Two pipe talk. On the subject of the Washington football team, some teams just cannot get things right. Oh. I was thinking about this, Mark, with your Browns. Remember, the Browns used to be that team for like. Seven straight years when we did this show. Whenever something, twenty-seven straight years, but yes, right. But show, in yeah. the era of the show, it was like whenever a team did something like that was stupid or messed up, it was like, oh yeah, the Browns doing the Brown thing. That's not really the Browns anymore. They might have been disappointing this year, but they're not the subject of these stories anymore. Washington football team puts out their new team crest, and they mislabel oh, uh, at the bottom. God. They have the years their five titles since nineteen thirty-seven through ninety-one, but they actually put the year the title was won, not the season it was won in. So even though Mark <laughs> Rippon led the Washington team to the 1991 oh, no. Super Bowl, they had 1992 on the crest. We can't make these mistakes, folks. We got to – you want to clean a house? Clean your house. How does that get past the obvious focus groups? That also, by the way, is one of the – talking about journos and notebooks. Right. The thing that has always annoyed me about football is that you have yes. to talk Carries about over. Team X won the Super Bowl in so-and-so so year, but it's not the year you're thinking. Try to explain that to kids or to other people that don't follow football. It doesn't make any sense. You know I was annoyed worse? by it as a kid, though. So you know what's even worse, you know, though? Please. And I'll say this. I know what you're saying, and it could be frustrating. The NBA season, they have no choice, really. They go, okay, let's say, I don't know, who's, who's the Sixers, your team. Let's say the Sixers win the championship in June. They are the 2021-22 NBA champions. That's Ooh, too much. Makes That's my a mind mouthful. Lead, so. so just give me the year where the season began and the bulk of it took place. Mm. Anyway, you can't get this wrong. They got it wrong on the crest and got killed by their fan base, so they officially announced the correction to their logo and, and redid altered the logo. That's the Washington but football. I believe nobody caught that. Before that it is, went out. Nobody in the building. I did. mean, well, did you see the Sean Taylor retirement jersey uh, uh, day? Uh, the the worst thing about this, though, I feel like is in the in the correction. And yes, they listened to their fans and changed it. They said we've now corrected it and put all the years in which uh, all the seasons in which we won the Super Bowl. Super but, Bowl. But didn't start. Was, oh, my God. Like pre -Super no. Bowl Come on, just era. clean it up. <laughs> what are we doing here? Get it together. They've Commanders. won three Super Bowls, 82, 87, 91. They won an NFL championship, 37, 42. Why are we serving as a copy editor for you? Speaking of copy editor, I don't need the one thing. The Aaron Rodgers Instagram post, I don't need him signing off telling me to read a book. I don't need it. That's where he goes to Mr. Far. Intellectual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty Gratitude. Speaking of the NBA, I did get Blood in the Garden. 
the new Nick's '90s book. I can't wait to read. Oh, that. cool! Talk to Johnny about that. Maybe he'll have me on the SI Weekly podcast. Ooh, that would be great. You know he what? Won't. You should. Uh, you guys should listen to that. It's a great podcast. Good plug. Yeah. Make sure you. It was like them. natural. It was very yeah. good. Uh-huh. Not un- 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 the force of. You also didn't force it on it. You said yeah. you should do. They consider it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's an consider. option. It's that's a nice out way there. to say that. It's Although I'm option. the one that actually surfaced it, so if John hears this, he'll be like, "Well, Dan had to bring it up before you plugged it." Mm. No, no, Dan gets more credit. I hope so. Sure. Sure. Dan, oh, yeah. it's in this uh, 222 thing, you're you're already starting issues and arguments. Shoot. It's going to come right back at you. That's true. I listened to the post Super Bowl one. It was good with Greg Bishop talking about that. There was a lot going. It on was with good. The whole Cabo story I hadn't heard. Excellent. Good. Yes, Dan. You're up. Oh, okay, great. So, all right, let's speed it up. Here we go. All right, bop, 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 bop. Uh, Jarvis Landry would like to stay with the Browns, but he can help win a championship Ooh. elsewhere if need be. So, we mm-hmm. also found out that he played through a significant injury last season. It was a career worst year for him. That would explain a lot. He sprained his knee back in week two, but he's never missed a game before last season. So I feel like there were some narratives going around that like, oh, he's just like kind of hurt. Things are lingering. Mm -hmm. That's not the case at all. But also take into account that he didn't do any media avails through the team after Odell was released and he just watched his really good friend Odell win a championship. So I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I'd say it's like 35% chance he stays. And that's if the, you know, he doesn't want to do this. It's like taking a pay cut. He's... Well, that's what that report – I love when they have these things because he, he alluded to it enough that essentially they asked him to take a pay cut. I mean, you can read between the lines. They started that conversation, and then he sort of was – Okay, but like that wide receiver room, if you take Jarvis out of there, it's, it's a mess. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, and Rashad Higgins, who's set to be an unrestricted free agent. He's due $14 million base salary. His cap number is $16 million. Uh, it is a lot for Jarvis Landry, so I'm not surprised they are trying to figure it out in terms of a restructure. I see but it now. I also wouldn't, if I was Jarvis Landry, I wouldn't mind being a free agent. Next Thursdays around the NFL podcast, mm. Flashpoint figures: Colin Jarvis Landry nailed it. That's it, or maybe Baker. I was gonna say, yeah, that's yeah, that's big uh, enough. Should have Steve uh, Smith on to talk about Baker. We'll be in Indianapolis next Thursday. Uh, I don't know if the, will the Flash, <laughs> the Flashpoint series, be able to carry on in a remote setting. That's that's up for debate. Uh, we're on the Flash. We're, we'd be under the Flashpoint focus at that point. Mm. Can we pull that off? Flashpoint focus. Ooh, that's better than figures. Let me write that down. Okay, mm-hmm. Greg, what do you think about this seg idea? You've been I, it's a little good. mum on it. I mean, you're so perceptive. Little quiet, Greg. <laughs> It's good. It's good. I think figures. There was something about figures I didn't like, so he's already Flash taking point out. Focus. Mm-hmm. focus is good. FF. All right. Up next, this XFL thing is interesting to me. The NFL and the XFL have reached a partnership agreement that will focus on creating innovation programs and protecting the health of players, the XFL announced Monday. I thought it was a little, even though I love it because I do think he is a treasure, uh, when The Rock came out before the Super Bowl started, uh, last Sunday and did the hype speech and the crowd went bonkers and, you know, he's got charisma for days, but he's also one of the owners of the XFL now after Vince McMahon uh, went, uh, declared bankruptcy or whatever happened with it, he sold it to a group that included The Rock. I was like, why would the NFL do this with a hypothetical uh, guy that's competition? No, this is a, a joint partnership on some level. It's They're not going to share players. But they're going to do things that the NFL used to be able to do with the NFL Europe League, which was test out various things, uh, right from playing surface to different rule tweaks uh, to, like they're saying, with safety elements to try to make the game safer for the players. 
and this is going to serve as a uh, a way to help the NFL product as well as give the XFL some pop. I imagine. I don't know what the television deal is, but maybe they end up these games end up on NFL Network this spring. I don't know. We'll see. I, I like the whole idea of trying out new rules. There, we could use some new rules. Greg, keep it rolling. Uh, the Rams have a new offensive coordinator. So I, that's just like a small item in the in the notebook. But considering that that guarantees that Liam Cohen will be a head coach in the NFL at some point, uh-huh. we should get to know Liam Cohen's name. I he was the Kentucky offensive coordinator, but he was with the Rams before as a assistant so McVeigh knows him well and there were r- reports before the offseason even started that McVeigh wanted to bring him back to run the offense so I don't know much about Liam Cohen although Kentucky uh they scored a lot of points Pretty People, good. I, I do remember the spice rack was in love with the Kentucky uh college football program this year and I think made some I know some, some good money yeah. spice rack isn't in love with the around the NFL podcast because he sent a vaguely threatening text to us uh, right when the Bengals uh, won the conference championship that he better be on the show uh, oh. and up to the Super Bowl, and it Whoa. didn't happen. So that is a bit of a uh, something to watch, uh, like watch your back, like literally. I'll monitor that heavily. Mark, you're up. Peppermill. Uh, I thought it was interesting that the combine. <laughs> Time's uh, running out, by the way. Is coronavirus just essentially the NFL's just said coronavirus doesn't exist anymore? We understand that. Like there was this idea that you know the combine players were going to have to be bubbled. The players basically started saying, um, uh-uh, we might threaten to sit out workouts. We're not going to do everything you want us to do. You're not paying us to go there, by the way. I mean, eventually we'll get paid. But then they quickly turned around and said, we're unbubbling you. Right. We're fine. Well, basically so. it was like the NFL went to all the prospects and everybody connected to the event. Hey, guys, hey, guys, there's still the coronavirus. we got to make sure we bubble up, make safe. And everybody's like, no, we will literally not go to your combine. They're like, all right, all right, you're right. There's no more coronavirus. No problem. According to Phil Wesseling, Indianapolis has been on that train for months. So, I, you know, it, if the city at large is acting a certain way, I, I think we're, we've, we're seeing that. Greg, back to you, baby. I don't know if I have any other good ones. Uh, I was interested to see that Daniel Hunter, who's a really good player, might not be back with the Vikings. It's very surprising to me, mm-hmm. but they're changing defensive schemes. So that's, that's a notable cut to possibly watch for because he would be in my top five of the free agents if he gets out there. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, by the way, still on the Texans, uh, his proceed, the legal proceedings, uh, that those are moving forward. Uh, but again, at a pace that's not necessarily lined up with the NFL and we're now heading into a new league year and there's an op- there's a chance here that Deshaun Watson would not play again this year. And then it'd be $35 million that the Texans are old guy who hasn't played in over a year and two years, a lot of stuff going on right now with this. Uh, and there was a report from The Athletic, Jeff Howe, the Texans don't plan to lessen their asking price for Watson, which has been five to seven assets, including three first-round picks. Uh, So keep your eye on the story, obviously. Uh, I believe he's going to start uh, being a part of these depositions where he's going to have to speak on the conduct that led to the allegations of sexual assault. Nine civil suits now, yeah. So that is all happening at a time when the Texans are desperate, you would imagine, now to get out from under Watson and recoup assets in exchange for him. But that can't happen until the legal side's resolved. That continues to be a story And as we approach March 2022. Connie, we're running out of time. This okay. is it. How uh, much time we have, Ricky? Blah, blah, blah. A lot less than you think, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, DK Metcalf is training for the 2024 Olympics. He's currently in a boot, though, uh, but next offseason, it's on. What event? Uh, track. 10, 
So Nine, he wants to be a sprinter eight, in the Olympics. Seven, and who doesn't want to be six, in the Olympics after watching five, the Olympics? Like, I'm going to go be three, shooting and, and skiing two, in the biathlon. Who one, knows? Zero. There we go. That's how you close. The old ski and shoot. Skilled. The old ski and shoot closeout <laughs> with Colleen Wolf, who's said it all. Connie. What do you got going on? You're going to be on the Around the NFL broadcast on Friday. I'm excited. This is great because I've never done it in studio with you guys, the broadcast. How exciting. You'll be right I here know. in the Chris Wessling podcast studio. Greg, you'll be out of town. Uh, we will we'll wear a, uh, a ribbon, a black ribbon on our lapels. Leave me your jacket. Seems appropriate. Yeah, you can wear, <laughs> Colleen can wear my members-only oh. jacket. I will be here for Thursday's podcast. We do have another one of those. Yes, absolutely. Of course, because the flashback focus. Is that what we said? No. Oh, no. Flashpoint. <laughs> no, we killed Flash figures. Focus. Yeah, we yeah, killed yeah. figures out of there. Flashpoint focus, colon. Carson Wentz mm. coming up this I thing. like the idea, but so, it sounds like one of those, you know how they've kind of run out of names for football articles? Sure. Mm-hmm. And they just sounds like one of those names? Sort of, yeah. Flashpoint focus. Well, that's what happened when sports Pretty writing good. dies. Like, there, are, there aren't a lot of new ideas <laughs> happening. Can we, Greg, can we hang the members-only jacket in the studio for the Friday television show? Yeah, I think that would be a funny bit. Uh, we don't. Anyone listening now will get the joke, and otherwise, don't refer to it. That'd be all. vaguely like off center, right? Too. Right. Like not really otherwise, don't brain. mention it at all. This is but, one of those uh, just there. shows that we would pitch to Jason Kleiman and Jason Brooksby, the production team behind the TV show, and they're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, circle back on yeah, that next week. Come back to that. We'll come back to that. Forget. Let's like, oh, forget. okay. You hate our ideas. Um. So, Connie, you've said it all. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Ricky, uh, thank you for all your work and soldiering through what's been, I imagine, a very difficult show. No, it's been great. You guys are great. Great. Good job. Mark, you have a a fire in your belly that only can come from uh, the evacuation from both ends, and I thank you. (laughs) Well, I think that's well said. That's well said. There's nothing else in the belly. It's just the fire. (laughs) Empty. It's totally charred. All right. We'll be back Thursday. Uh, Flashpoint Focus. Hit us up on uh, Twitter or maybe on the Reddit or whatever and let us know if you have a better name for the series, our off-season series. Don't bother me with it. But, uh, (laughs) well, certainly at Mark Sessler on Twitter. No. uh, He will be our point man here. So hit up Mark. That's amazing. It's a disaster. Yeah, the Mark still <laughs> doesn't so understand good. how it works. Yeah, now he's getting <laughs> all these right into a nightmare. Getting all red. these. Getting redder. Still now. crazy. <laughs> all right, that that's it. Watched us. Let's go until Thursday. Um, get ready. Flashpoint Focus series launches. <laughs> Nailed it. TV show Friday, Saturday, Combine and in Indies Monday. We're rolling. Keep the call. <laughs> <laughs>